All right, this is the Straight Dope Podcast. I'm going to talk about a few things today, but before I do, I want to mention that if you're a listener to this and you don't have a RifleCraft.com account, they're free, and I would highly encourage you to go right now, enter your email, and start logging RifleCraft targets to monitor your fundamentals. I'm going to spend a lot of time bouncing back and forth between RifleCraft and other goal setting and tell you why it's going to make you better and allow you to continue growing as a shooter on an upward slope that will out-surpass other training methodologies. Of course, this is my biased opinion, but they're based in science. They're based in learning and neurobiology. They're also proven among shooters who have dedicated themselves to focusing first on fundamentals and then layering skills on top of them. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you must agree a little bit because you're choosing to take time of your day and uh, devote it towards hearing my opinions. And of course, they're just my opinions, but I think that they really, I, I believe wholeheartedly that anybody listening could win any level of natural match in you know, a year or two with dedicated focus on their own if they did it right. I think that a lot of people aren't doing it right, and that's why I've been pushing this so much. But anyway, if you want to support the podcast, there's a couple ways to do it. You can get on the podcast websites and give it a five-star rating and a review. You can share it. You can go to riflecraft.com and subscribe. Now, that's a paid feature that gives you added metrics and analytics, and we're adding to that regularly. There are other features that are coming, and it's going to be kind of the main source for higher-level introductions You know, once we develop the, the way to actually do that. Since we have to program it, we're not using a template for the website. It's, it's uh, built from the ground up scratch. So for what would essentially cost the amount of you letting me shoot a mag of your ammo, you could support the growth and development of not only this podcast, but that website. And that goes a long way because choosing to actively support the things that you like is making kind of a better future. And it goes, uh, it's not unrecognized that some of you are genuinely interested in helping out in the growth of this uh, because it is really designed to improve everyone's shooting in a logical, kind of cool and different way. So really want to help? Go subscribe. Let's get back to this. The reason I think that shooting on paper in different positions under different conditions over multiple days is the basis for all of your goals is that most of things in long-range shooting that require advanced levels of skill and uncertainty, they take place at a distance. And the only way to know if those things are taking place is that you have 100% confidence 
that your bullet went where you intended it to go. And the only way to do that is to know the size of your group. And that's what we call the shooter bracket. The shooter bracket is calculated for you. It gives you that as part of the subscribed feature of, of Riflecraft. And that essentially tells you the target size that you're always going to hit if you do things fundamentally correct at 100 yards. And as you go out from that, you layer in environmental and external ballistic factors that play a role in that. But you really can't know for sure why you missed a targeted distance unless you have confidence that your bullet is was you know was supposed to go where you intended it otherwise it's basically just a wild guess a lot of people have started to talk about wind in terms of wild ass guess and i think that's crazy we need to learn how to layer in and educate ourselves to fundamentals and the elements that are involved in being able to predict the wind just because you're guessing doesn't mean that we won't be able to figure it out but it's going to always be a guess if you can't reproduce consistently tight groups that are smaller than the thing that you're shooting at from an unknown position over time, right? And that's where Riflecraft comes in. That's the base, right? That's elementary. That's like the beginner level. Then we talk about ballistics. Then we talk about wind, environmental, angle, and so on and so forth. But that all comes afterwards. So if you're not recording that stuff, Basically, just shooting dollar bills out of your barrel and going to remain scratching your head forever. Now, why is this really important? Well, a couple things. Humans learn through trial and error, right? When you were a baby, you, got, you, you, know, you moved around, you flopped your limbs around, you burped, you peed, you did all sorts of stuff. And you got feedback from that trial and error that was either good or bad. And the good reinforced doing it more. And the bad, depending on the, the signal and the type of kind of negative that it was, may have encouraged you to avoid something or try it again so that it would then make you feel good when you tried it. And at some point we figure out how to do stuff, you know, like pee in a toilet, uh, stand up without falling over, and we start layering in more complicated skills. But I don't, I don't think that life is all that more, much different, except that we become creatures of habit. So the older people get in general, it's not unusual to see people uh, less excited about exploring and trying things that might cause them to fall over or pee their pants and, and so on and so forth. So we become accustomed to, and then we reinforce kind of doing the same thing over and over again, which, which is why for some people they feel like they struggle with learning new skills. Now, as shooters, right, we all learn to shoot and we're excited about getting better. But I think we get better by having success and knowledge. So it can't just be like, well, you know, I'm just going to, you know, send it with Jesus or something like you, you, you hear people say. I, I really think that in order for you to grow, it's very important for you to understand you know, what was the cause of the result. And that's not always the way I hear shooting being developed. I hear, I hear people talking about the fundamentals. Okay, you got to, you know, shoot at your respiratory pause. You got to have a 90-degree trigger pull. And you got to have all these things. Now just do this and then everything else will kind of take place. And I, I, I don't think that it's surprising that, you know, there's millions of shooters 
out there with rifles. And most of them, you know, really can't shoot much better than about a four or five or six inch group because they're not, they're not questioning things and they're not connecting the dots. Now, on one extreme end, we've got the science of ballistics, and you can read Applied Ballistics and Brian Litz and other people who are talking about the science that, that clearly displays the physics involved and, and explaining exactly you know, why a bullet goes from point A to point B. And they're used a lot to justify all sorts of things, but I, I also kind of question how many shooters read those books and, and truly understand what's in them. Now, I may be wrong. I may, a ton of you probably do. But that alone isn't going to make you any better of a shooter, right? And, and then you've got people that can shoot really well but, but have a hard time explaining it. But in the middle right, is the majority of shooters. And the majority of shooters there in the middle, you know, because we're creatures of habit, got good enough. And then other factors related to human behavior and the cultures that we're a part of and, and, and the reward um, cycle that comes from, you know, doing well and bad trap us at a certain place in our shooting ability. And so a few get really good, a lot get to be mid-pack, and then, you know, some at the bottom kind of stay there, but that's probably um, kind of a nomadic population of people that try and leave. Riflecraft shooting paper does a few things. One, it educates you on your influence on your rifle system. And that education should reinforce that you're the one that's probably doing what you're seeing on paper. And that could hurt some feelings. But in fact, some of those hurt feelings, at least if they're in the short term, and, and if you have a, you know, if you're you're emotionally and mentally stable, uh you think, wow, I want to fix that, right? That motivates you to take action. If you look in the mirror and you're like, holy shit, I'm super fat, maybe that could motivate you at first to, to go out and start exercising or something like that. So a little bit of failure or at least a new glimpse at something that you didn't know you struggled at is a really good thing. And a lot of shooters put out their groups show their guns shooting a quarter inch, and then you see their craft number, and it's like four or five inches. Well, that could potentially not be traumatic, but, but that could potentially kind of be a shock to a system. And that shock to a system is actually an important component in an adult's cycle for motivating to learn and setting kind of the neurochemical uh, settings for, for growth. And so if you go to a class and say, all right, you know, let's all shoot these steel at these distance and here's your group and, and, and do all this stuff, you're, you're not starting off with a realization that you've got a certain amount of room to grow. And everybody can do that when they shoot their craft drill because nobody does as good as they think they're going to do. And then you start shooting it and diagnosing individual subtle components that are involved in point of impact shifts. And you're doing that. You're in power and you're in control of thinking about, okay, I take a shot and it went to the left. What did I do to make it go to the left? And you're starting to think about the inputs and you're feeling your body and you're having that proprioceptive response of, all right, now I'm going to try this. And I shoot, oh, my shot went center. All right, cool. You get a little reward system. Do that again. 
okay, now I'm starting to be repeatable. Oh, I'm making this shift. Okay, if, if I, and if I do something different, oh, it goes to the right. And if I do something different, oh, it goes up. And you start to develop kind of this, this um, neural recognition of your posture and the influence that you have on your rifle system and things that you can do. And it's not just kind of a rote saying, oh, yeah, you got to have a 90-degree trigger pull. Well, shit, I can have a 90-degree trigger pull and have a left point of impact shift because of the way my torso is or the way that um, you know, I'm managing recoil or, or for, for, for other reasons. But you get to see it on paper immediately, and then you can make a shift, and you can make an adjustment, and you can repeat that. And it doesn't take a whole lot of repetitions in order to have the success and failure that continues to motivate you, at least in the context of how we learn things, right? And so that basis is different, and that, that, that kind of skill and reward system is one that you can continue to utilize and continue to grow and open those that circuitry so that you can learn. Most of us are are not kids anymore. You know, we're not older. Like I guess, like twenty, early twenties, is when when our brains uh, required kind of a different approach to learning skills. So there's definitely kids that are really good, Jake and Allison and other kids that are shooting, and they're totally different than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like adults, right? Grown ass people that or kind of fixed in our ways. We learn differently, but you can continue to learn and develop those skills by thinking about it and then having success and failure. And the best way to do that, statistically, I think, is by shooting on paper and judging each shot. So you're not going to take 100 rounds and just blast 100 rounds because that, that's reinforcing not thinking. It's reinforcing things that, that are going to probably uh, not do anything. Um, because in the case of shooting, we're... Initially, I thought it was going to be like sport. It's not like sport because we're not doing repetitive, mindless movements where we're training our nervous system to respond reflexively. That, that I don't think, is what's happening in shooting. What's happening in shooting, because it's really not reflexive, physical. Even though we develop subconscious competence, that's not the same thing as you know juggling hard-boiled eggs. We need to think about putting our body in a, in a, in a position and then think about all the other factors like wind and you know, and, and, and relaxing. And, and it's, it's not as choreographed as sometimes I joke about with shooting a barricade or doing something, uh, maybe with pistol and carbine, you start to run that rope, but we need to have that feedback and we need to think about it. And then we need to have success and failure kind of built into it. And that's an immediate feedback system. And it looks like, you know, you've probably all heard the 80-20 rule, and it looks like neurologically it's more like 85-15. So about 15% failure, 85% success. So you want to set, you want to get a baseline, and you want to shoot your target and see where that is. And that's going to be probably not as cool as you thought it was, but that's good because that motivates you to work on it. Now you say, okay, I want, I want it to be a little bit smaller. So you have to set an achievable goal, right? We've probably all heard, like, you need to set an achievable goal, you can't be a four-inch shooter and say, I'm, you know, now I want to be an inch shooter. Be a three-and-a-half-inch shooter. Try to get 85% of those shots in your goal and keep working for it. But if, if more than 15% go out, you know, that's probably a little bit too difficult of a goal. You want to try to keep it at about 85-15, right, or 80-20, you know, so somewhere in that ballpark. And each shot, reflectively think about what did I do to influence where the bullet went. 
And if you want to repeat it, then try to repeat what you just did. And if it went wrong, think about what you could do different and apply that to it until your group start to come down and go at a pace that you could repeat for a series of days doing those cues until you um, slowly bring down that group and your point of impact misses by, you know, about 85, 15. And that will help you grow your fundamentals responsibly and appropriately with that reward and success ratio while you're thinking about other goals and what you want to achieve when you get to become a better shooter or what you're training to be able to do. You want to think about that. But more importantly, you want to think about where you are now and how that could prevent you from accomplishing your goal and have that, you know, you set a bench line and say, okay, I want to be, you know, let's just say I want to go to a national level precision rifle match. And, and I know that to be, you know, in the top 50%, you know, I need to have 85% of my shots be inside of one and a half MOA. Great. You work towards that. And as you're on your way, you think like, man, I'm not, I'm not quite there. You know, I'm not good enough to go. And if I go, I'm just going to waste $2,000 because I want to be in that hit percentage ratio factor. So you set those goals and then you work towards it. And if you, if you haven't quite got to that benchmark, you know, just think if I went now, what would my hit percentage be? And you just compare it to your one and a half inch goal. Okay, I'm not there yet. You know, if I went, I don't want to spend 2000 bucks to go do this. So you keep working at that 85, 15 and you work on all your positions and you work on your influence on point of impact shifts. And that's going to drive you to be better and it's going to happen faster, cheaper, and it'll keep you motivated because not only are you thinking about your personal growth, but you're understanding your shooting as it reflects to you individually and not compared to a bigger population because you want to have internal motivations, not external. So when you go to the match and you say, okay, I want to have, you know, a whatever hit percentage rate, I want to shoot 70% at a national match. Well, Odds are that means, you know, you're going to have to shoot 70% at a 1.5 MOA level and be able to read the wind to, let's say, two or three miles an hour. That's a metric that you know and you can monitor before you go. And so you're basing yourself off of your own fundamental skills, not a rank. Because national ranking and scores and placement at a match are total bullshit, right? It's a dog shit approach to learning a new skill because that depends on who shows up and if the good people screw up. And I know at the very top, there's a couple people that are like, well, it doesn't matter because I just want to go win. And it's like, okay, great. But in time, people that adopt the personal internal measurement system will beat those people down the road 100% of the time. There's shooters now that outshoot me and I go to a match and, oh, they beat me by a couple points. They're so focused on their placement and, and I'm not. And I know in my heart it's only a matter of a couple years before I always beat them. And not only that, but I'll be, I'll be psyched. And the way I measure growth, I'm never going to lose motivation. And people that measure it based on the performance of them versus other people, they will burn out for sure. And that's just a matter of time before they're gone, right? So you beat them either way. Um, so that is why I think rifle craft is different 
It teaches us metrics. It teaches us reflectivity. It teaches us how to approach shooting in a logical way and set goals and work towards them methodically. And then after you get to your goal size in, in say, group and hit percentage, then you layer on other skills. But until then, you're just wasting money downrange because you don't know if you missed because you pulled a shot, because statistically there was only a 50% chance of hitting it in the first place, or if it was wind, or if it was Coriolis, or lunar drift, or if somebody burped next to you, or you were distracted, or there was, you know, something going on that, you, you know, you were thinking about. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And who wants to live life just hoping that, that you know, they're going to wake up tomorrow and magic is going to happen, and, and rather than just making it happen on purpose and taking the time and the steps to do it. So this, this ended up being more of a talk about how you should start and base goal setting from a rifle craft philosophy and methodology that's much different than other schools. But I would wager, and, and this is just me making a like a uneducated statement, but I would be willing to bet that if you looked at rifle training courses around the country, the ratio of students to trophy winners is going to be pretty darn low. And that's because there's a lot of reasons people take classes, but not a lot of them are based in and invested in students learning what's required for them to grow on their own, right? And and that's what that's what I'm trying to do. Now, I'm not saying that that, that you can't do that because there are certainly people in schools trying to do that. But 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 nationwide I think there's more opportunities for people to spend a lot of money and leave no better than they came. Although it might be fun and they may have like, you know, if you, if you want to take a class with a Navy SEAL, then, you know, you spent a thousand bucks and you got to hang out with a Navy SEAL for the weekend. So maybe, maybe that was worth it for you, but you probably aren't a better shooter because of it. Right. And, or, you know, this guy is famous or that guy is famous or, or you just didn't know better, but we want to say like, fuck it. Let's empower ourselves and think about shooting in a way that will never allow us to lose motivation, give us tangible internal goals, and then a way to measure it and talk about it. That's different, right? That's something that can empower the whole community, right? And it's free. Uh, Of course, you have the option of supporting it, but it's absolutely free. Just measure your growth and go. And report your success, and when you find a cool way of doing something, you share it, and and that's how science works, and I would like that to happen in the community of shooters. Report your findings based on the results that you achieved by thinking about and working slowly towards a goal and having that breadcrumb trail from where you started to where you ended up with no big leaps in logic or, or magical steps that had to be inserted because that, that just doesn't happen, right? You're not going to, nobody, you can't just grab somebody off the street and say, all right, you know, you're going to aim this and just stare at the target and, and think you're going to hit it. And then, you know, you'll hit it. And, and then, uh, you know, just walk, you know, look through the, look through the optic. And if you have really clear glass, like you're definitely going to hit it. It's like, well, come on. Like that, 
that doesn't make anybody better, right? So think about your shots, quantify your results, and then take the time very carefully and slowly to go shoot. Shoot for an hour. You don't need to shoot all day, right? Optimal learning is a, or focus is about 90 minutes. So you probably like go to the range with 20 bullets and think about each shot and think about where the bullet's going and what you're doing to influence where that bullet's going fundamentally. And then go home and reflect on it and then come back the next session and do the same thing. You know, 12 to 20 rounds is probably all you need to work on your fundamentals because it's very detailed and it's, it's reflective specific, right? Now I've talked for a long time, so I'm going to, I'm going to cut it off here, but my next podcast, which I'm going to record kind of immediately after this, is going to be about reflections on the very last NRL two-day, some mental mistakes that I made, and some observations and uh, goals that I had set for the last two weeks and goals that I'm going to set for the next few weeks and and then show you how you know I'm taking this exact same methodology and the same approach and, and then uh, applying it towards my particular goals and seeing if there's any quantifiable difference between, you know, before and after that, that, that might be shareable. So uh, this was kind of un, unplanned, but I ended up kind of going on a roll. So uh, I'm going to cut it off and uh, let the next one rip. Thanks for listening.